the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Like Bob on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Live. And welcome again to the Bob Bernie Live Show and to the Don Crow Show in Washington, D.C. as we are simulcasting. One telephone number, however, 877-BOB-LIVE. We are talking about a state issue, but we're also talking about a national issue, and that is the issue of abortion. Here in Ohio, we are facing one of the most important elections we have had certainly since I've been here, and I've been in Ohio for, I think, 47 years. Hmm. Ohio is on the threshold of adding an amendment to our Constitution. This is not a law that can be just simply overturned in the next legislative session. Hmm. An amendment to our Constitution that would be one of the most radical pro-abortion pieces of legislation amendment in all of America, and that's just not Ohio. I have two guests in the studio, Eric Tober, who is pastor of the Ark Church here in central Ohio, and Jeff Haygood, pastor of the Living Word Church. Jeff, you said something during the break that just blew my mind, Mm. and, and I want you to share it. You were talking about the moral issue of abortion, because we were talking about how so many pastors will not address this issue because we don't deal with politics in the pulpit. This is not a political issue. This is a moral Mm. issue. This Mm. is a biblical issue. Mm. But you said this is one of the most moral things we have ever dealt with, and then you said something that just shocked me. I'd love for you to repeat it and then back it up. (laughs) All right, I'll do my best. I've stated that uh, abortion is more morally repugnant, more evil, than American chattel slavery. And the one of the reasons why I take that position is that uh, you're actually in communication with talking to someone who's likely a, depend- the, uh, a descendant of a slave. You will never have a conversation with anyone who is a descendant of someone who's aborted. When, when a child is aborted, there is no posterity. It is over for them. They, there's no legacy, no posterity. They are cut off from the earth forever. But slavery and all of its evils... Uh, produced a guy like me and a whole lot of other people that came through that or their ancestors mm-hmm. came through that. Mm-hmm. They lived through it. It was bad. It was evil. It was wrong. But it's not nearly as evil as abortion. Not even close. Mm. So you're saying that abortion is more racist than slavery. Absolutely. You think about it. The, the genesis of the abortion movement in America was explicitly racist, purposed racism through Margaret Sanger, her eugenics, the Negro Project. Uh, I don't even think slavery was initially a racial issue. I think it was a greed, a, a love of money issue. I would agree and, with that. And the hatred for that. skin color became necessary because of the love for money. I don't think it started out that way. Mm. All right. 
Um, it seems it seems so obvious if you understand the history of abortion in America, you cannot study the history of abortion in America without studying Margaret Sanger. It is absolutely clear that she was a flaming racist. She spoke to Ku Klux Klan rallies. Uh, her her eugenics theory is very close to Nazism. Absolutely. Very similar to what Hitler, you know, he was going to uh, produce the perfect race by getting rid of the inferior people. Well, that's exactly what Margaret Sanger did. And so we know that Margaret Sanger was a flaming racist, wanted to wipe out the black community. And fast forward to 2023, and a disproportionate number of Planned Parenthood clinics are in black neighborhoods. I mean, Hello. Every, everyone that I've ever seen is either in a uh, a minority neighborhood or a neighborhood that is less than less than affluent. And I, once again, it's it's purposed. Then how? And I, I want to be careful here. How has the black community been so deceived when it's so obvious what's going on here? I think it all comes down to money. Jesse Jackson was was vehemently pro-life before he ran for president. Yeah, true. And, and uh, in a quest for money and power, he completely changed his position on abortion. And mm-hmm. I think it's happened throughout the black community. We've sold our soul mm-hmm. and literally sacrificed babies at mm-hmm. the altar of Molech uh, for money and power. All right. Eric, um, when and we continue to hear this, and you both told me about pushback that you're receiving from pastors. You're mm-hmm. out on the front lines. Mm-hmm. You are working on the phones, trying to call pastors to get them to take a moral, biblical stand on life. Mm-hmm. And yet you are hearing from pastors, we don't deal with that in our pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you saying to them when you hear pastors say, we don't get involved in politics, we don't deal with that in our church? Well, some of the things I might say to them in a private conversation, I might not say on the radio here, <laughs> just between okay. brother to brother. But, but part of it is is challenging them to say you're you're a prophet, you're you're a prophet to this generation. You're not, as Jeff made reference, trying to just please people that are in the pulp that are in the pews. You're in the pulpit. You've got to do your your role. They know that. You try to. I've tried to talk about the issues related to. Uh, Nazi Germany, and those, it's very similar. There's a parallel there. Um, some people will say that they want to be sensitive. I've heard um, African-American women say that, well, I can understand if someone's in a very difficult situation and we want to be compassionate. So some some are sensitive to not want to create unnecessary guilt or pain for people. That's sometimes what's happened. But I, I do want to say to the people who are listening, if you're if you're there and your pastor and your church is not saying something, please pray for him and then go encourage him. I think if pastors heard from people in the pulp in the pew that they can be bolder in the pulpit, that to Jeff's point, that will help them. So there's an influence sometimes that's a negative in the pew, but if there's an influence that's a positive to support them, just like any cheerleader in a football game, uh, it has an influence upon them, and they'll 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 consider it. And then often I've seen some pastors who've been reticent. And then they'll come to this place of courage and faith, I guess, and they realize their role, and they'll speak out. 
and this is my personal opinion, but that whole seeker-sensitive movement that swept through evangelicalism for so many years, we can't say or do anything that might offend anyone. We have to be seeker-sensitive. So we don't talk about sin. We don't talk about evil because someone might be turned off. I think that has continued in many churches, and obviously abortion is a hot topic. It's Mm. incredibly controversial. And Eric, I think your point, I think a lot of pastors just simply don't have the courage to deal with this important issue because they're afraid of offending someone. And you were talking about greed, Jeff. Mm. I, I think they're afraid that they may lose some offering. It they, they may they may lose some givers in their church if they deal with a controversial topic like abortion. From a pastoral perspective, a person has an abortion. What is is rarely talked about is the emotional effect that it has on the woman who has gone through that process yes. and how yes. she's got guilt, she's got shame, all of that. As a pastor, you want to bring her to the place where she's free, where she's liberated, yes. where she can once yes. again have yes. confidence toward God. If you never deal with the issue and the ills of abortion, you're going to leave that lady with diminished spiritual capacity sitting in your congregation carrying a 2,000-pound guilt gorilla throughout her entire life. And I think that's doing Mm. a disservice to her Mm. from pastor to parishioner. I agree. I remember very well when I was pastoring, I dealt with the topic of abortion from the pulpit, dealt with it very strongly. But then I said, if you've had an abortion— God wants to bring healing yes. to your life. Yes. And one of our dear ladies came after the service and said, I've never told anyone I had an abortion. When I was very young, I've been carrying this guilt mm. all of my life. adult yeah. life. Yeah. I need to seek forgiveness and wholeness and healing. And it was because we had dealt with it that she, Jeff, as you said, was able to deal with it and accept healing mm. and forgiveness from God. Amen. All right, we've uh, we've got about one minute left. Uh, either one or both. What is your battle cry today for the Christian community here in the state of Ohio as we get closer and closer to this important election? So again, we've got uh, we've got less than one minute. I could name it in three seconds. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and commit abortion, but Jesus has come that you might have life and life more abundantly. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, the, the, the thought that came to my mind is that we're created in the image of God. Would you help people to see, pray, pray passionately, and then speak out to tell people we're created in the image of God. Don't do this horrible sin before God. Amen. Pray, 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 pray. All right, Eric Tober. Jeff Haygood, God bless you guys. Thank you. Keep fighting the battle. And folks, the election is coming up. Make sure you vote. Make sure you pray. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Bob Bernie Live and The Don Crow Show.
Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. Oh, my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. Hey, welcome to Bob Bernie Live and the Don Crow Show. Uh, we, we were talking about abortion and those issues here in Ohio and around the country. And uh, I, uh, I was all set in this segment to say, well... Uh, The Republicans have a uh, nominee for Speaker of the House, the uh, Majority Whip Tom Immer, and uh, they hope to uh, take a vote this afternoon or this evening and uh, hopefully uh, vote him in as the Speaker of the House. Well, that's what I had planned, because behind closed doors, the Republican caucus voted five times times this morning. And finally, Tom Immer from Minnesota emerged as the official nominee again of the Republicans. Yeah, remember it was Scalise and he dropped out and then it was Jim Jordan and and then he dropped out. And so it was going to be uh, Tom Immer and I'm I'm looking here at my stack of stories. That was right on the top. Uh, headline, House Republicans vote on Speaker nomination. Here's the story. After winning the nomination, Speaker-designee Tom Immer asked for a roll call vote. This will put members on the record about where they stand, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they hope to take the vote probably this evening. Immer defeated a panel of seven other fellow Republicans to earn the nomination. Well, <clears throat> he has now dropped out. No, wait a minute. He was just nominated this morning. Yeah, this morning, after five votes. And before they could even take a vote, the third nominee has said, well, I guess I can't make it, so I'll just quit. Um, I am not a political animal. I don't live and breathe for politics like many, many people uh, many talk show hosts, they just live and breathe politics. Eh, not me. I would much, much rather deal with spiritual issues, church issues, and, you know, those kind of things. But I do watch politics, obviously. Uh, what happens in Washington, D.C. impacts all of us, individuals, families, marriages, homes, churches, business, you know, and so forth. So, of course, I watch it. And, yes, we talk about it on my program. I have never, ever seen such a clown show. And I mean, and I don't say that lightly. This is a clown show. The Republicans can't get anything done. It's been, uh, what, 20 days, almost three full weeks, that we have not had a Speaker of the House because eight Republicans thought they knew best 
And we're going to blow the thing up because it all needs to be blown up. And, well, they blew it up. Boy, did they ever blow it up. We don't like McCarthy. Well, McCarthy was far from perfect. But when you under—and again, I've made my position clear on this. Kevin McCarthy was far from perfect. But when you look at the makeup of the House of Representatives, I honestly believe Kevin McCarthy was the best we could get. Hey, listen, I am a dyed-in-the-wool, through-and-through conservative. Would I wish— that we could have a real dyed-in-the-wools, strong conservative as Speaker of the House? Yes, of course. It's not going to happen. With the makeup of the Republicans, the makeup of the Democrats in the House of Representatives, like it or not, there's going to have to be a consensus candidate, and that's what Kevin McCarthy was. But he didn't get everything done. We wanted him to get that. Well, that that, that is, yeah, because the Republicans have a very, very slim majority, and you've got a bunch of moderate, moderate, almost liberal Republicans. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, the Democrats are loving this. Oh, my goodness. The Democrats are going to raise millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And if you go back, just like four weeks ago, all of the polls were saying, we trust the Republicans more than the Democrats to get things done. You go back. Don't believe me. Go back to two months ago, three months ago. Almost all of the polls were turning towards the Republicans saying, We trust them on the economy, on foreign policy. We trust the Republicans more than the Democrats. How many Americans do you think right now are going to trust the Republicans to do anything? And I mean anything. They can't agree on the Speaker of the House. What good is their majority? This is just ridiculous. It's shameful. Um, And I know many of you disagree with me, and that's fine. But I lay the blame at those eight Republicans. And I agree with most of where they stand. I do. But the way they're trying to get things done, they're doing far more harm than good. So we're back to square one. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.